Hello, everyone, and welcome to, is this week three? Yeah, it this is. This is week three of our post-message podcast in the God Talk 2.0 series, and this is following Ryan Reed's message yeah. uh, this weekend, which the, the title of that message is, What is the Story Telling right. Us? Right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's talk about who's around the, the table here. This is uh, Amber Garza. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Amber leads our hospitality yeah. team. Uh, and then, yeah. hello, hello, young man. Hello. What is your name? Jameson. Jameson. <laughs> good job this weekend, man. Yeah. yeah. Rock and roll. It was good. My name is John Vols. Yeah. And uh, I'm Ryan Reed. Ryan Reed is here. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, let's. Uh, so the, the way that this works is we get to uh, we get to drill Ryan. We get to, <laughs> poke, get to poke holes in everything he says. Absolutely. We get to say nay yeah. as often as possible. You were wrong. No, we're we're asking questions, uh, looking for clarification, looking to dig a little bit deeper, and okay. hopefully this provides some good uh, food for fodder. You know, for small group yeah. conversation or just if you're driving down the road listening right now uh, or sitting at your Absolutely. desk watching this on YouTube or whatever the case is, uh, some things to get us to think a little bit more. So uh, let's start with this. What is the story telling us uh, was a great title for this message, I thought, because it, it, it started by saying the Bible is a story. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. So could you maybe talk a little bit uh, about that? Yeah, I think that a lot of times Christians forget for a variety of reasons throughout history that that the Bible is a story, that it's God's story and that God is communicating something through this this narrative that we've often turned um, the Bible into either a textbook or into kind of like almost an encyclopedia answer book. Mm -hmm. And when you do that with a story, it it becomes something that isn't what it was intended to be. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this practice, you know, um, one of the things that always comes to mind is, uh, you know, close your eyes, open your Bible, and then point to a passage. And it's like, oh, this is, this is the answer for me today than this encyclopedia of life. And, you know, we even have, uh, there's like acronyms, like the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. And uh, I don't, I can understand the sentiment, but sure. the the narrative approach is more than just instructions. The mm -hmm. story has so much more to it and so much more that needs to unpack, where if we view the Bible as just this kind of um, empirical textbook, then we stop on the surface because the surface is the answer in a textbook, where the story tells us so much more, but the story requires us to take steps beyond this kind of superficial look at scripture. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we were trying to get at this weekend. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's good. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you have 66 different books, Yeah, you know, written over the span of thousands of years, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so, uh, 40 uh, plus different authors. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, genre plays yeah. part in it, expectation. Mm -hmm. Amber, you're an author. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, and you kind of write in two different genres, yeah? A few, uh-huh. A few? Mm -hmm. So romance? Suspense, and then thrillers. Right. So it would be weird to read uh, any one of those genres with, like, um, expectations of the other genre. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, you just released a nonfiction. Yeah, there as you well. go. That's true. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, so if I picked up your new book... Uh-huh. 
but read it through the lens of one of your romance novels, right? I would probably be very confused. Oh, that's why I don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need my money back after all. You'd probably be very disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Hey, I do have a question. Sure. You said that you committed a violent act with a baseball bat. (laughs) And you said it was the only one, but I have it on good authority. It wasn't the only one and that you're a liar. I need to... uh, Have like a post message, like fact check, you know, like uh, they do at the end of like a news it, broadcast. Post message confessional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I realized after uh, our Sunday gatherings, I was talking with my dad, and uh, I realized that I had shared another story <laughs> with uh, Mom Taraj on the dad panel that involved a baseball bat and some violence. However, I will say. That what was true about the story and the message, it was the only intentional violence. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so survey so, says, yeah. did he lie? Mm, no. no. He's okay. yeah, that I accidentally broke my mom's wrist with a baseball bat uh, when I was a kid, uh, but it was her fault. I will, hold that, I will hold that, hold to that, that she walked out of the house as I was swinging at a pitch and she timed it perfectly. And oh, I ow. hit her. And that was a wood baseball bat. That wasn't ow. a wiffle ball bat. No. So. Ow. Okay. That's not telling her. That is awful. Um, I, I love this weekend that you talked about uh, things that inform our viewpoint. Sure. Yeah. Um, and some of those things that you mentioned uh, were... Uh, like your former church experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit more about what informs our viewpoint, and maybe I'd like to hear what informs your oh, viewpoint. What are, yeah. So I, I talked about the lenses that we have on, because I think that that's just the easiest way to kind of understand what informs our viewpoint. Um, and so really anything can be a lens. It can inform how you view scripture, your, your own expectations, reading, you know, a book of a genre, but you're going in with the wrong, you know, genre in mind. Um, but also our own histories and culture and all of those things, uh, um, from our, our gender to our political leanings, to our community, mm-hmm. to our vocation, all those things can be, uh, lenses. Uh, I think for me, when I look at my history in the church, having grown up in the church, uh, that there's been an evolution of identifying lenses that that I've used scripture through. Um, I grew up in a denomination just that had a particular theology, had a particular view, and I was very uh, ingrained in that theology. Uh, And it wasn't one that was pushed on me, it was just... I was a part of it mm-hmm. and didn't really realize it. So I can remember um, going to you know, church camps and those things and my youth pastor making statements. Um, and I didn't grow up in a Baptist denomination. I grew up in a, in a denomination. Well, we don't identify as a denomination, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, that uh, placed a <laughs> lot of weight on baptism. And baptism's role in mm-hmm. salvation, and there are strains of that um, group, that movement, that believe that baptism is uh, what saves you. That mm-hmm. if you don't get baptized, yeah, then you know you're going to hell because you didn't follow through on this 
action. Um, okay. And I didn't realize that was a lens mm-hmm. that I was viewing scripture through and viewing the story through. Um, and, you know, a lot of times um, we would read through passages of scripture and you know everybody likes to pull out what what wins their argument in scripture and you can make (laughs) you can make the story argue whatever you want the story to argue and so we would emphasize like these passages in like mark 16 16 where you know baptism is what saves you that you know you Mm -hmm. get baptized and you'll be saved type thing uh and we would neglect passages like you were saved by grace through faith Mm -hmm. it's like well and so it wasn't until college that i started to see like hold on a second. Like I've been reading it in this way and I haven't unpacked the story. I haven't looked at the text and using Mark 16, you know, 16 as a particular of like, wait, that in the earliest manuscripts, those verses aren't even there. Those verses aren't in the most reliable. Uh, And so all of a sudden I was like, I had to remove that lens and be aware of like, there are beautiful things from my history that can influence my understanding of, of God and who God is, but there are also things that can inhibit who God is and and how that works. You know, another example would be, I grew up in a small town with very little diversity. I Hmm. I could count um, on one hand, the diversity in my high school Hmm. and um, that I was reading from a very kind of almost ethnocentric uh, kind of white American lens of scripture and not really seeing how people from different life circumstances may be receiving scripture and the story and how my lens was informing it. Cause I was fitting it into my mold right. of like, here's what it is. And so uh, there's thousands of lenses that I've mm-hmm. wrestled with and will continue to wrestle with as mm-hmm. I read through. Sure. Mm-hmm. I have a question that kind of um, pertains specifically to to God talk and engaging in God talk. Do you think it's, do you think it's more helpful? I mean, take it for what it is because I mean, there's so many different circumstances we can find ourselves being in. Do you find it more helpful when engaging in God talk to remove as many lenses as possible? Or are there lenses that you find helpful? Maybe it's like experience lenses or, you know, you know, relatability lenses that are, that are helpful? Mm. Do you want to take them all away? How sure. does that work in God talk? I don't necessarily think it's possible to remove all lenses. I, I think that we'll always find more. And, and I don't even necessarily think that it's necessary to remove every single lens. I think it's necessary to acknowledge mm. every single lens. Um, so in God talk of being like, here's how I'm seeing the story, but understand that this could be informed by this aspect of my life. And and maybe that's something I need to overcome. And maybe, um, it's getting to a place where our lenses help us to kind of avoid blanket certainty Mm -hmm. and recognizing that, you know what? I could be wrong because this is so much bigger than who I am. This is, God is so much more beautiful than I can understand. Mm -hmm. And so I could be wrong about this and understand that I'm reading from this background or understanding from this background. And that's a lens that I see this through. Um, and so that way, uh, cause what goes wrong in God talk is when we approach people and we say like, no, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And we turn everything, you know, everything into a clobber mm-hmm. passage and, mm-hmm. um, where you're just shutting down conversation rather than acknowledging like, yeah, I'm just a dude who's trying to understand this story. 
uh, and here's how I'm seeing it. And that could be misinformed by some lenses, but even at the core of it, here's who I know Jesus to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we come back to, you know, in the message, the, the last thing I ended with is that Jesus is the fullest view of God, mm-hmm. that if we come back and that's our ultimate landing point is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we see God, then we're in a good space mm-hmm. there. And there's some grace and some flexibility and, mm-hmm. and even some tension, which still isn't always crystal clear. Yeah, right. Yeah. Has some, has yeah. Some there's tension. a lot of gray. <laughs> you know, the, the story's not black and white everywhere. So I've tried to get in the habit of saying, and I learned this from somewhere else along the line, I can't remember, but um, saying good men and women line up on opposite sides of this issue. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and to acknowledge that is super helpful yeah. for me to go. Some of these things aren't um, wherever you land on this one issue is uh, does not change who Jesus is. Right. Um, it's not an issue right. of salvation or being right, right with God. It's a you know a different viewpoint. Totally. En- entire denominations are started on different viewpoints. Yeah. That aren't necessarily right. salvation right issues yeah. or being right with God issues. Yeah, I find the lens uh, (coughs) metaphor image helpful in going back to the last couple weeks. You know, we talked about week one, the signs. Like, Mm -hmm. do I know what's going on around me? Can I see what's going on around me? Or last Mm -hmm. weekend with the archetypes and learning more about yourself. Because just as somebody with broken vision, you can have bad lenses. And the more, you know, that's an obvious way to identify. You put on glasses and say, well, these lenses don't work for me, yeah. I need different ones. Mm-hmm. The more we identify with what's going on, on around us and the people around us and, and in ourselves, it just makes it easier to find the correct lenses that, right. that work for us. Yeah. Because broken vision, you know, for people who need glasses or the sort, mm-hmm. looks different. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. nobody uses the same set of glasses. Right. It's just not mass produced the same. Totally. You know, it looks different for everyone. So I think that's helpful tying into the last couple weeks as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of times you know, with the lenses, it's not always this like super drastic lens shift of like, you know, I'm legally blind and I put on glasses and now I can see Mm -hmm. type thing. Um, but a lot of times I know this cause I I wear glasses and and contacts that you can wear a pair of glasses for so long and you think that everything's clear Mm -hmm. until you go to the eye doctor and they're like, hold on. And they put on this, you know, new set of glasses and you're like, I didn't even realize how blurry things were. Mm-hmm, and uh, I think that that's, that's what we wrestle with is the mm-hmm. less obvious things mm-hmm. um, to identify and go. That was such a great, a great little image for me because I started thinking about how frustrating it is for me to be at the optometrist sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. this one or this one? Uh-huh. And you're like, uh, let me see me again. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. one or this one? And it's such a frustrating yeah. process. Oh, yeah. You even go, where's my vision clear? Totally. You know, which right. I, I like that metaphor. We could just keep peeling yep, back layers. Yep. Half the time yeah. you're guessing yeah, <laughs> which yeah, one's yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I liked even thinking about like, you know, thinking about the lenses that everyone has there is coming at it from a different lens. So the importance of talking to other people and really hearing what they're saying. Yeah. Because I think if you're always wanting to stick with your lens, then you're missing out on other people's wisdom and how they're seeing it. Right. And so the importance of that, like in my own life, 
and listening to other people that maybe at first I'm like, oh, I don't know. But then the more I listen to them, I can get something from it or go, oh, maybe my lens was a little off there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe there is some truth to what they're saying. And so yeah. I liked that when you yeah. kind of talked about digging deeper and mm-hmm. going further by listening to other people's wisdom and seeking yeah. out people that cool. have a different thought process than you. Yeah. And, and I think that goes back too to the that you can't remove every lens. But if there's an awareness and I become aware of your lens or Mm -hmm. your lens, um, that it's, it's bringing in a different perspective Mm -hmm. and that whole idea of theology is best done in community Mm -hmm. and understanding God's best done in community, because then we are taking the best portions Mm -hmm. of how we see God and, and we can leave the, the junk behind hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, and get a, a more holistic view of who God is. And then that informs how we communicate about God. I had a professor in college that uh, his metaphor was always that theology should be like a toolbox and that different people sometimes need different tools within theology to kind of resonate with God and that you have to be willing to let go of your perception at times to pull out the right tool that someone needs Mm -hmm. to connect with God. Um, which is always like, you know, in the same way that you were talking earlier, like for me, one of the things I always say is like, I have very few things on my list of like essential for salvation. Like you have yeah. to believe these things, right. but I have a ton of opinions. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's okay. And we should have a ton of opinions, but I need to recognize that there are opinions mm-hmm. for the greater pursuit of God talk and relating right. that way. Well, share your opinions with Amber and just know that she's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, really. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I, I loved how you said, speaking of that, I love how you said that um, you are going to see my lens before I do. Mm, You're yeah. going to recognize my lens before mm. I do. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually true. Because I think we even have like emotional Sure. Lenses. Yeah, absolutely. Like not just like our, our background or the right. denomination we yeah. are in or my parents. It's But uh, let's say uh, there, you live with guilt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're plagued by guilt. Mm-hmm. You are going to read scripture in a much different right. way. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or shame or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole lot of things right. emotionally that influence yeah. how we read a story. You know, mm-hmm. even in reading a a romance novel or a suspense novel, like you bring certain things there that can be triggering in, mm-hmm. in that, the emotions mm-hmm. that you experience right. that is evoked by the emotion that you're reading. And, and that can really influence, um, how you receive a story, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, people can read a, you know, a suspense novel or whatever and walk away being like, I didn't like that because it evoked <laughs> yeah. these emotions yeah, yeah, yeah. on me. Right. But it's like, but hold on a second then it kind of accomplished the purpose right. of what it was doing. Sure, yeah. And so don't always yeah. view that you know, as a negative thing, but be aware yeah. of what you're bringing to yeah. the story. So. Right. You, uh, you said this week that God talk necessi- necessitates going further, which is yeah. great because going further, let's go further, is our current, uh, what we're calling our rallying. Right. Thing, right. Yeah. Uh, so in this season, we're talking about going further uh, with adult ministries. We're yeah. talking about leadership. We're talking about experiencing Jesus uh, going further. Uh, you mentioned uh, time, yeah. curiosity, mm. and energy as yeah. things uh, that we need to go further with in right. our relation to Scripture. So, if I am not yet a Jesus follower, mm-hmm. if I if I um, am curious right yeah. now, and I hear something like that, how 
connect some dots for me. Sure. How do I even begin to be curious? Yeah. How, how do I even start spending time and energy with scripture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's all new. Sure. Well, I think first that you're already partially there. Like if you're not yet a Jesus follower and you are listening to this or you were in a weekend mm-hmm. gathering, then some point curiosity mm-hmm. has already been right. sparked in you. And if you're asking the question, how do I go further? Again, that's just curiosity because mm-hmm. it's evoking something. And I think that you begin with taking whatever that intuition was that you had that, that moved you in this direction towards just checking it out, um, which is usually sparked by a question that you have about something. Uh, then you keep going with that, that to me, the best place to start is by reading about Jesus, start with, Mm -hmm. with the story of Jesus. And, you know, a lot of people suggest, you know, like, Hey, go and read John, you know, the gospel of John about Jesus. And that works for a lot of people. That's like was not the place for me to start and try to understand. Because I found it confusing. Song of Solomon. Was yeah, yeah. I went <laughs> Song of Solomon. <laughs> That's beginning point. Uh, I needed to read the romance. Luke. Yeah, the romance yeah. part of it. No, I needed to read Luke because I resonated more with Luke's mm-hmm. writing style. I, I, so for me, I, I hesitate to say like, here's your starting point. It's more sure. of, I think, find a gospel, read about Jesus and whichever one. Um, and then ask questions of the text of being like, if you're curious about Jesus and you're reading it and you're hearing about like, you know, his first miracle is water into wine, like, well, how, how do you do that? Or right. why is that significant? Or, you know, just mm-hmm. ask all those questions and start by just writing them down. I think that that's just something uh, that's beneficial for me. It may not work for everybody is I, I just write everything down. And then I kind of, as I'm reading a lot of times what I find is I'll get to places that refer me back mm-hmm. to a question I had asked earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where story comes into play mm-hmm. is in, in the Bible and scripture, you, you have foreshadowing, you have all of these different elements of writing that are in there. And you may ask a question at the beginning and then get a few chapters later and be like, Oh, well that answered my question. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that led to that. Or you may get to a spot where you're like, well, I'm still resting in this kind of cliffhanger tension. Yeah. What do I do with that? And I think once you get to that point, um, in your questions, you, you, you seek out understanding, you seek out, that's where the energy and the time come into play. Mm-hmm. It can't just be this static thing. You don't read the Bible static. You read the Bible dynamically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it requires taking some extra steps, asking someone who may have more of a background or reading some extra biblical material, which would be like a, a commentary or, you know, some articles or whatever and seeking that understanding and, and you weigh it all out. Uh, but curiosity begins with asking questions. The mm-hmm. the way I think about it right now, we just got a, uh, for better or for worse, we just got a cat. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> cat person. Yeah. You're a cat person. Uh, and I watch the cat in our house, and it's the most curious animal mm-hmm. that I've ever had. And it will go around, and it just, you know, obviously it can't talk. Make it way cooler if it could. Uh, <laughs> oh, it can talk. It can talk. You just can't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, its curiosity comes out in its actions, and it, and it goes, and it'll you know mess with something, or um, it got curious about our dog. Mm. Yeah, it's not curious about our dog anymore, you know, because <laughs> of how how they interacted. But it's just this adventure that you go on of, of seeking and kind of trying to understand and. 
um, criticizing that that scripture is not so. Um, it's not something that you can't question. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can't scrutinize. We talked about that mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, don't feel like because you ask a question or you make a statement like, well, that doesn't make sense or that's ridiculous or, you know, whatever, that all of a sudden like a bolt of lightning is going to come mm-hmm. down and, you know, strike you because, because you're offending the Bible. Yeah, or yeah. offending God. Exactly. Right, right. So. Well, uh, so I don't want to get too far off track, mm-hmm. but I, I do want to kind of go answer something you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, um, if you could speak quickly to it. Sure. You, you talked about Mark chapter 16. Yeah. In the last four, not everybody's Bible will have Mark 16, 16 through 20. Right. Which talks about baptism and talks about, uh, in my name, they'll cast out demons, speak right. new tongues, drink deadly poison. It won't harm them. They'll lay hands yeah. on the sick. Yeah. Though. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of this otherworldly kind of weird now can you you mentioned that but can you talk about what's going on there in case anybody's like what is what is he talking about yeah so on a on a basic level what you're going to find in in scripture and in a variety of places that that obviously we don't have the original you know Mm -hmm. writings we have copies upon copies of of what was written Mm -hmm. and throughout history there are different scribes that would add particular things in to magnify a point, um, to do what they felt was enhancing. It's called a textual variant in, in theology speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and these things are, uh, when they look at scripture, they aren't, uh, in the earliest manuscripts and typically to judge what's most accurate mm-hmm. to the original writings. They're going to go with the oldest and the shortest, mm-hmm. um, because, well, papyrus and those things were of limited supply, and, mm-hmm. and so it made sense to do that. And if it was older, it's closer to the time when it was originally written. And over time, things tend to happen where people will add things in because they think that like they can say it better or they feel like sure. it needs supplemental. And so when you get right. into Mark 16, um, there's a section at the end that is that, that they felt like was enhancing some of Mark's additional teachings there. Oh. Um, that uh, aren't necessarily reflected in Mark's original writings. Right. So, Interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thanks okay. for <laughs> bringing clarity to that. Yeah, that that whole textual criticism kind of yeah. study is is fascinating. Absolutely. It's a, it's a fun thing to learn about, you know, if you're curious. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, to go down that. Yeah, well, do you guys have any other questions? Anything you want to add? No? Yeah, I don't think so. We had to knock it out of the ballpark. Well, yeah. <laughs> With a baseball bat. With a baseball bat. Back it up. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, hold that over me for my time here. Everybody's going to like buy you a baseball bat for your birthday. It's well, I don't know. Depending on the poll, because the poll on this weekend was everybody thinks I'm super violent now. So yeah. they might like remove all the bats around me. There may have been one gathering. May or may not have been one gathering. That was the, the tech answers. booth. Figured out, yeah. They could load that up and just make you look horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. It'll it'll come back around. Yeah. Well, good job, man. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have yeah, one more week in this God Talk 2.0 yeah. series, so uh, stay tuned for that uh, this upcoming week. We're excited about that. It's been a great series, Ryan. You did a good job. Thanks, Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. <laughs>